Look, I don't wanna talk Pedal to the metal, you ain't catching me in park I just hit the stop, I don't wanna speak Talking all that good, so I just hit you with the page Okay, so I just finished doing my face yoga And oh man, I am so into it A friend of mine told me about face yoga And just sort of mentioned it, like blah 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 You know, I had didn't wasn't gonna do my face yoga But then I thought, oh, I have the time to do it I'm like, face yoga? Huh and so she told me about this app. It's lovely. L-U-V-L-Y. Lovely. So I checked it out because I check everything out. You could tell me about anything and I'll go check it out. Okay, so Lovely is a face yoga app and it takes you through this 21-day program. The eye-lifting power of face yoga is hilarious. Last night in bed, I did one eye just to see the difference. And then I looked over at my husband and he started cracking up because one eye is like way higher. One eyebrow is way higher and my eye is completely lifted and the other one looks completely droopy. So then I did the other one to even it out and I just did it again. Before and after picture just from yesterday to today is amazing. My eyebrows have got to be at like a quarter of an inch higher, lifting my creepy sagging eyelid up. And if my face was moisturized, I would look really good. It's amazing. So check it out. They say I can look three years younger in three weeks. If one day is any indication, I think I'm going to look like eight or 18 years younger. This is phenomenal. I am a big fan. Even of just one eye lifting exercise. This morning was this lymph drainage neck thing. It was fine. I feel good. I'm not sure I look any uh, different, but oh my gosh. But then I did the eye thing. I am a big fan. Now it's funny. I started talking about the eyes today because in my podcast episode with Darish, a guy I met at my last yoga training, you know, I asked him what body part he'd want to talk about. And he said, the eyes. He went on this amazing, like, spoken word thing about the eyes. The eyes are to see and to look. The eyes. He took the are eyes. I can't talk about the eyes today. I could talk about the eyelids or the eyebrows. I think I've talked about eyebrows before. Let's talk about the lips. I'm kind of lip obsessed. My lips, like chapped lips soft lips. Never really been wanting big lips. You know, I do appreciate some full lips. Why I picked the lips is because they kind of relate to what I'm interested in, which is eating, healthy, healthy food, wellness, and breathing. One thing that occurs to me is that I did hear from a French woman who said, um, in France, we do not have to get any lip augmentation because we talk with our lips out here. And she just Apparently, French people don't have to try to get duck lips because they speak with kind of the full duck lip. And it helps their buccal muscles, I think, and their orbital. What is it? Your orbital muscles, your buccal. I'm not really sure what the anatomy is on the face anymore. I've forgotten it. But anyway, that's interesting because one of the face yoga exercises is actually squeezing your lips into like duck lip shape. We haven't gotten to that module yet. Yeah. So the lips. So dry lips happen when you're talking a lot. And that's because you end up breathing through your mouth a lot, which is while you're talking, 
which is not the preferable way to breathe. Breathing through your mouth isn't as healthy for us as breathing through our nose on a daily, sort of all-day routine basis. And why is that? It's because there's some very important things that take place during nose breathing, one of which is gas exchange. Nitric oxide gets exchanged. The other is filtering. Those little nose hairs serve a purpose, and it filters the air before it enters our body and gets into our lungs, sinuses and lungs. So we have a little HEPA filter. Well, it's not HEPA, but it's a little nasal filter in our nose. The other reason is it warms the air. The nose warms the air before it goes into the body. But there are some breathing practices, some breathwork practices where breathing in and out through the mouth is super impactful and transformative and positive. But you do it for a short period of time. You do it for 20, 30 minutes, breathing only through the mouth, and it creates an incredible response in the body, in the mind. It kind of activates the sympathetic nervous system, but then from doing that briefly, you create a very strong parasympathetic response. And it's a way of toning the nervous system. It's a way of helping the body understand and recover it from a sympathetic nervous system response. So what's a sympathetic nervous system response? It's an excited response to life. It's where we go when we're afraid or nervous or hyped up for some reason. It's the running from the tiger side of our nervous system. But it can also be like the dancing at the rave. There's nothing wrong with that side of our nervous system. It's actually a really relevant and important piece of the nervous system to be able to be active and excited and up and in action. The problem comes when we don't give ourselves an opposite response to that, if we don't come down from that nervous system state. And that opposite response is the parasympathetic nervous system. And so when you breathe through the mouth, this is something I've just learned and I'm going to start guiding soon because it's amazing. I was sort of scared of this kind of breath work for a while when I was learning pranayama because the preferable part of our nervous system, the healing part of our nervous system to activate is the calming parasympathetic side of the nervous system. That's the healing side of our nervous system, that transformative breath work that I found that releases trauma and releases emotions and activates a response that is like something where we contact and experience a part of ourselves that we don't normally experience on a day-to-day moment-to-moment basis. It's the kind of states that people are after when they do psychedelics. What's amazing is that you can kind of have these, I don't want to quite call them divine experiences because not every single breathwork experience is like that, but there is an experience that is otherworldly and puts us in touch with part of ourselves that is potent and much larger than our day-to-day small self experience. So I don't want to create too much of an inflated description around this breathwork practice, which is, by the way, called conscious connected breathing or circular breathwork, but it's powerful and it changes people. So I went and learned it. And you breathe through the mouth. And so we're back to the lips. You kiss with the lips. It's funny that a very intimate part of ourselves, this sort of contact between our insides and our outsides, 
this sort of portal is just boom, right in the front of our face. It's like the nostrils aren't intimate and those are a portal. Things travel from the outside to the inside. Same thing with the eyelids. Those are a portal. We can sort of close them, close ourselves off, or we can open them. And those aren't considered an intimate thing. I mean, I guess Eskimo kisses. (laughs) But the lips are very intimate, but here they are, front and center. So I can see why we sort of adorn them, take care of them, butter them up with glossy substances, make sure they're soft. Mine are not right now. Looks like I need some chapstick. Hey, let's see what messages from the body has to say about the lips. This is a very cool book by Michael Lincoln. Lazy left eye versus lazy right eye. Those are two different meanings. Lazy right eye means I can't handle that. They have a pronounced propensity to not want to know what's going on in the world around them. Oh, that's interesting because, well, I'll tell you why in a second. The lazy left eye means I don't dare look in the mirror. They systematically suppress awareness of aspects of themselves that their family would kill them for manifesting. Okay, the reasoning. The left eye connects to the right brain. The right eye connects to the left brain. So the lazy right eye is the lack of looking to the outside world because that's sort of the experiential, logical, outside experiences. So I can't handle that, meaning what we're looking at outside, lazy right eye. The lazy left eye is about looking inward because it connects to the right brain. And the right brain is about our inner seeing. It's it's also the intuitive side of ourselves. When you're talking to somebody, you know, when you don't know where to look, you know, standing right in front of each other and you kind of sometimes you, the, the conversation, you ever find yourself not knowing where to look. And so you look at the left eye, then you look at the right eye, then you look at the left eye again. And one tends to feel a little more intimate. I find that if I'm really listening to someone, really paying attention, I tend to look at someone's left eye. Looking in someone's right eye tends to be a little less like soul gazing because you're looking into sort of the rational eye, kind of getting the facts as opposed to seeing the truth. Yeah, sometimes it's very awkward, you know? I I find sometimes for whatever reason, looking at someone's eyes is just feels a little invasive. And I you know, sort of float around, look at the cheeks, look at the nose, and then you look like you're scanning them. By the way, if you ever see somebody who has a larger left eye than right eye in kind of an obvious way where one, the left eye seems a lot more open, that indicates that this is Chinese face reading. That indicates that a person sees a lot more going on than they kind of let on. And they're probably, they've probably got a pretty intuitive sense of what's happening. As opposed to someone with a right, larger right eye, they might be much more facts on the table, taking things at face value. It's a generalization, but face reading is fascinating. Okay, back to the lips. What does Dr. Lincoln have to say about the lips? Keeping their mouth shut. They have conflicts about expressing themselves. No duh and about what they know and feel. There is a large disparity. Okay, see, these are all lip problems. There is a large disparity between what they experience and wish to express and what they say. Hmm, this is literally just like a chap lip. They are having real difficulties in the realm of attention and respect from other people. It is the result of a family in which 
What will the neighbors think was the paramount consideration. Oh my gosh. It was also a patriarchal and authoritarian family that suppressed all forms of spontaneity and self-manifestation. Oh Lord, I don't know if I can talk about this. Okay, hoof and mouth. This is a right lip, left lip. Okay, I'm not going to talk about hoof and mouth. Oh boy. So this is so fascinating. Okay, so when, let me see, where was this? Hmm. Okay, here we go. Right lip. They are having issues over the proper way to express themselves and or share or give. Okay, I don't usually have right lip problems. What about you? Center lip problems. Okay, I had center lip problems in high school. I had this patch of dry skin right in the center of my upper lip. Let's see what was going on. Despair, freak out. They are experiencing depression. God, that is so true. In high school, I was so depressed. They're experiencing depression and demoralization over what they can expect out of life. Oof, left lip problems. When I've gotten like a fever blister in the past from like a sunburn, it means don't deserve. There are conflicts over whether or what to want and to receive. So it's about receiving. Again, lip, mouth, what we take in, left lip, receiving, right brain, receiving. The, the right brain is very yin. The yin is about, yin is about receiving. So interesting. Upper lip problems. This is me again. Calamity avoidance. They have difficulties in expressing themselves and in speaking out for fear of precipitating World War III. Yikes. Okay, I think I was a little nervous. Okay, lower lip problems. Poison apple. They have a real reticence to receive and or a distrust of that which is coming to them. Hmm. It is interesting. When I get stressed, I get drier lips. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Lincoln. It should be noted that all of his descriptions are extremely negative, like worst case scenario. So what else? In Chinese medicine, the lips, you know, have to do with the stomach, which is also about receiving and digesting what we can take in. So the lips are really, why do we prefer, or why is there this beauty standard? I mean, it does sort of go with the whole sexual equation of like youthful lips, you know, full lips look sexier, more ready to receive, you know, sexual advances. And I don't know. That just sounded so Victorian, sexual advances. But you can see that you can see all the connections and that old withered lips, <laughs> crone lips, don't look very receptive sexually. Oh God, this is making me want to go put on some lip puffer. I better do my lip yoga. When I'm doing my lip yoga, squeeze. That doesn't look right. I need to be sponsored by some lip balm. Well, I guess I just want to say I'm going to go through all of the body parts over time because the body is a map, you know, and it shows us the territory of what's going on inside us. So we can use, you know, we can use anything as a map. Did you know that? You can use your astrology chart as a map. You can use your body as a map. We can study the map to learn what's going on in our body, mind, and spirit and to think about ourselves 
using these little map portals. So even just thinking about the lips, I'm thinking about after reading the messages from the body book, I'm thinking about how when I look at my lips, do they reflect that I'm receiving? Do they reflect that I'm nurturing myself? Do they reflect that I'm well balanced, receiving and giving? When I look at my eyelids, (laughs) my eyes, you know, are they the same size? No, they are not. My left eye is bigger. And what do we say the left eye indicated? The left eye being bigger or more open? It indicates more of an intuitive seeing. So these things are interesting. I think I'll continue this exploration of the body parts, both solo and with other people. And if you have anyone that you think might be great to talk to or might have a lot to say about the body parts or a certain body part, please send them my way. I would love to have these interesting conversations with all walks of life, you know, anyone in any field who has, has uh, something to say about a particular body part. I think we can all learn from trying to be a little more holistic with our relationship to symbols. And symbols exist right on us. And that being said, a body part could be one that we don't even see, like a liver or a kidney or our intestines. I want to talk about all the body parts because what I'm interested in and what I'm doing much more of lately is using my combined tool chest to address all the parts of our life. I want a combined approach to body, mind, and spirit. And normally spirit comes first, but we can use the body to get there. You know, I think maybe this is a good time to just mention how my practice has shifted quite a bit. Okay, so if we rewind two decades ago, I was working in acupuncture, working with the body and the spirit. Over time, I kind of morphed. I went into design land for a little while, worked in, you know, did improv and sketch comedy, was always kind of doing acupuncture in the background of that. Then in the past decade or 12 years, I kind of switched to more mental, spiritual work, doing astrology. It addresses the spiritual and emotional and physical levels, but it's a very mental practice practice tends to be very mental and analytical. In the last year, I have gone back to my roots and have been really looking more at body and spirit again. And how I've been doing that is through yoga. And I've done two yoga teacher trainings. I've been doing a lot of breath work, have been discovering the amazing power of breath work. And I'm starting to do that with people too. Because what I found is the truth of kind of my Taoist roots that I started in, in Chinese medicine, which is how our body heals. And so in Taoism, there's kind of a hierarchy. There's spirit on top, then mind is influenced by spirit, and body is influenced by mind. And then we can affect the levels in the reverse order as well. You can affect your mind by coming in through the body. You can affect your spirit by coming in through the mind. These three levels, I feel like I've been sort of playing in the mind section between body and spirit for a little too long. And now I'm going back to the body because what I found is that it's the body that impacts the mind so directly. There's something about our terrestrial experience that influences the mind the best. We can come at the mind through the body 
a zillion different ways. Whereas we can treat the body through the mind really only one way, through the mind, but we can come at the body and we can use our body in so many different ways and end up influencing the mind. So that being said, I've switched my practice to looking at a lot of things like medical astrology. How does someone's health show up in their natal chart? And you can see a lot of things about someone's bio-individuality in their natal chart. You know, what does nourishment look like? What does spirituality, spiritual self-care look like? What does physical activity look like? You know, what are certain cycles of disease? What kind of characteristics could those look like? And what might some of the best practices look like for taking care of yourself during, say, like a Saturn period or a Pluto square or whatever it is? Not everyone's self-care looks the same. So I've been doing a lot of that. And breathwork has been probably the most directly transformative thing I've ever experienced. And I I actually am starting to write a book about it because it's been so profound. Not about breathwork. I'm not going to act like I'm some breathwork authority. But I do know a lot about it at this point after taking, I think, four teacher training certifications. It's powerful. And it's been the most easy, direct potent thing for turning on certain processes in my body and turning on certain ways of thinking. It shifts everything. And then yoga, kundalini yoga has been very similar to breath work in its effectiveness. It's a little more complicated to learn, but it's very accessible when you just boil down and learn kind of the beginner's basics. I'm interested in people being healthier and happier, mostly because I've struggled so much to be healthy and happy and have struggled quite a bit to maintain a buoyant sense of maybe like not being depressed or feeling a sense of possibility and feeling more energy in my life. And so I'm just defaulting my whole practice to working with people as a health coach where I bring in astrology and breath work, and of course, all the health coaching stuff that goes with that. Going back to my roots. All of that from talking about the lips, huh, Aubrey? Tune in to see what body part I talk about next time. Also, I want to add, if you like this, would you please leave me a positive review? That really, really helps. Also, would you share it? That also helps. And I would love for you to tell people that you found this really weird, good podcast that you can't explain, but listen listen to Aubrey the podcast. The last thing is, is that I write a weekly newsletter in which I write pretty darn good, helpful horoscopes, if I do say so myself. I get a lot of feedback that my horoscopes are spot on and it's free. So if you'd like that, the link to sign up is in the show notes. All right, follow me on Instagram. It's the only social media I use. All right, have a great day. Bye.